following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. And welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. We appreciate y'all joining us here on this Wednesday evening, or if you're checking us out on one of your favorite places to catch podcasts later on in the week. It is the time of year again. We are going through each division. We are picking, we are doing season predictions for each NFL team after going game by game and checking with each one of them. Last week, we did the AFC and the NFC West, and today... We're going to the East. It is DJ joined as always by my co-host Kelsey and Kelsey. The East always holds a special place in your heart each year that we do it. Well, special place, uh, cause of many many heartburns slash heart attacks. Uh, yeah, some combination of of, of the above. Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. Every single year, it's full of disappointment. Then you know what I guess that we worked our way around there. But we did get some points. We're going to go through the AFC and the NFC East here today. It should be a fun one and. You know what, Kelsey? I don't think we have to wait too much time. I think we can get right into it. We're going to start with the AFC East this time. And you know what? Last week I went first. We're going to let you go ahead and break the ice this week. We're going to have you take us through your AFC East and how you think it's going to play out this year. Yeah, so AFC East is one of those divisions that just seems to have gotten better uh, again. Yeah, I didn't think it could get better from last year. Turns out they could. Uh, they added Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. Yeah, Dalvin Cook to the Jets. Uh, the Dolphins get healthy. And the Bills, well, they decided to fight each other in the offseason, yet still somehow seem stronger than before. Doesn't make sense. Uh, and then you have the Patriots, who look good, except for they still have uh, Matt Patricia slash Bill O'Brien slash I don't even know who their offensive coordinator is anymore. But will it help Mac Jones? We don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe it'll improve. It can't be any worse than last year, right? So there's a whole lot of, lot of, lot of different things here. So starting at the bottom, working my way up, number four in the AFC East, I'm going with the team I just mentioned, the New England Patriots right here at 4-13, and 1-5 and five in their division. Not giving very much love to this Patriots team. I know they did just sign Zeke. Ramondre Stevenson is still a beast. Doesn't matter. Uh, I don't trust Mac Jones at all. Uh, you know, the defense, there are still holes there on the defense. They can still get got. And that's just enough for me to say I don't really trust this team, especially in the division full of hard hitters like this one. Uh, and an AFC that, I mean, I'm sorry, it's not going to be tough sledding for this team at all in the AFC. So, yeah, I'm going to go here. New England Patriots at number four on my list. Wow. So you have not finishing as the seller dweller this year. Do you think this puts uh, Bill Belichick's job in jeopardy, or do you think he's pretty much ingratiated? In? I, I mean, I think Bill Bill's is in charge until he's not in charge anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill is, is kind of just going to be one of those fixtures. Uh, you might ride with him for far too long. Um, but then again, I mean, Look, we all know Robert Kraft has no no problem pulling the trigger when it's actually time, um, but I don't think this is yet. I don't think it's. I don't think the time is now that we have to worry about that. Um, I do think he has a few more seasons in, in charge potentially. So the, the Patriots bringing up the seller of the AFCs for the first time in Lord knows how long it feels like. So very interesting. I'm curious to see where the rest of these three teams playing out now. Yeah. So next up on the list, moving my way upwards and a drastic increase upwards here in record. Uh, I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins, third in the division. Tough out, though. 10-7 and seven on the season, 4-2 and two in the division. Um, absolute powerhouse in the AFC, just not enough to do anything there. Uh, in the division, you know, you can't, can't finish third in your division and hope, hope you can do a lot. So, Dolphins I have performing well. I do think Tua is going to be coming back. I do think when he's on the field, he does have connections with his receivers, obviously with Tyreek, obviously with uh, Jalen Waddle as well. There's a lot of there's a lot of talent down there, and it's just getting better. Um, a Shane coming in the backfield here, I think, is actually an underrated play, part of this offense going forward. I think he's going to be absolutely fantastic to add in with this team, and might be one of the fastest teams in the skill player position out of any team in the NFL. Um, and then, look, I know they got Jalen Ramsey. I know Jalen Ramsey's out now. That's to me, that's not as big of a concern. It's a concern, yes. But it's not as big of a concern. You still have Xavier Howard on the other side, who is still a fantastic corner in his own right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Dolphins here. They're gonna have a great season. Ten and seven is a great season for most teams. Just still gonna finish third in the division. It's a hectic division, and my so it looks like you got three teams with double digit wins. So now I'm curious to see what you have the other two place next. That's very interesting. So we'll have to find out if the Dolphins make the playoffs later on, or if you want to spoil it now, you can. But that's very interesting. They do not make the, the playoffs. They are that's, literally that's, just on the outside looking in. Oh, very interesting. All right, so who do we have at number two then? So going up to number two, 
Again, this is a tough one. Uh, everybody and their mother has an opinion on who the second best team is in the a- in the AFC West or AFC East. And you could honestly believe them. Yeah, maybe 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 you do believe what what everybody's mother has to say. Maybe you don't. Um, for me, it's still the New York Jets. The New York Jets are the second best team in this division, twelve and five. So not second best by very far. Here's the kicker: two and four in the division, though. So twelve wins. But you go two and four in the division. Tough sledding for the Jets in their division, I gotta say. Um, but that record does give them that tiebreaker. The team, look, they're gonna beat everybody else. But can you win in Buffalo? Can you win in Miami? Can you win in back-to-back weeks when you go from Miami to Buffalo? Those are always tough questions. Uh, then you have to throw, say what you will, but New England is still Bill Belichick's town. He still is, can will throw can and will throw curveballs at, at quarterbacks, no matter how experienced they are. I love Aaron Rodgers for making this move. I think this is what he needed for his career to be potentially have a resurgence. But you still have to do a Bill Belichick twice a year now. Not an easy thing to do. So we'll have to wait and see if they're that that you know he can pull that off. But look, I have them winning games. They go twelve and five, but you, you can't go two and four in the division. So basically, they're the antithesis of the Cowboys, who can who just beat up the NFC East every year, but then can't they are five hundred against everybody else. You have the Jets being the exact opposite. Where they they murk everybody else, but their own division is the thorn in their side. Absolutely, that is exactly but correct. They'll be in twelve and five, despite that giant thorn in their side. So that's very interesting. So that leads us to arguably who we deemed one of the best fan bases on our last tier Tuesdays. Go check that out if you haven't, haven't left at the top of the AFC East. Yeah, so uh, that does take me to the Bills, who, by the way, also finished at twelve and five. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, this is yet another one that ends in a tiebreaker. Uh, this has happened in the AFC West on our last episode. This happens again here. Maybe it's going to happen on a few more divisions. You just never know. Uh, the difference here being a 5-1 and one divisional record. Yeah, that, I don't think I need to explain much more than that. The Bills are a tough out. Uh, they are an absolute tough team to try to beat anywhere, whether it be on the road or away. I believe at one point in time last year they had better away splits than they did home splits, which is shocking to say the least because it's a tough place to go play in Buffalo. Um, and you never know. Maybe you might get six feet of snow one day, and the next time you go to Buffalo, it's going to be 80 degrees in the middle of the, the, the winter. You just don't know what you're going to get. And then the next time you go, it's 60-degree blustery winds, and hell is falling from the sky. Like I mean, it really is just one of those wild places to play. It's going to be – and this team is really built to try to deal with that. Uh, they did lose some pieces defensively, so that's why I don't have them going 14 forward. wins, like a lot of people <laughs> could say. Uh, 12 wins is where I feel like they're, they're comfortably sitting at. But really, most importantly, is in division. They're a tough team to beat in the, in the division, and that's going to be the big thing going forward. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, the best friends, brothers, whatever they are, whatever they're fighting like right now, it doesn't matter. Come Sundays, when it's a, a AFC East matchup, they're going to be they are going to be have that continued connection. And let's not forget, Gabe Davis is still a fantastic number two to Stephon Diggs. We've seen what he can do nonstop, literally every every playoff year so far. Gabe Davis has a fantastic playoff performance so far. Um, so get him in the playoffs. You don't know what's going to happen for Buffalo, but I do think Buffalo here takes the AFC East with a 12 and five record and a five and one in their division. At this point with the bills, it almost feels like until someone actually takes it from them, we got to keep giving it to them, even no matter what as well too. similar to kind of what the Patriots went there. And even we've talked about the chiefs in previous years, like, all right, just because the jets are the hot new team, they still got to take it from the Bills because the Bills have had a firm grasp on that the last four years. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think, I don't think it's any question. You got to. I mean, you, <laughs> there's a reason that champions have a defense of their own title, right? It's because you can't just go walk up and take it from them. You have to earn it. You have to t- earn, earn what they what they have earned so long, and they already put the effort in to earn it. So yeah, you go 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 knock them out, drag them out, fight, get from them, still still from them. However you have to do it, you have to earn it from them. So. Uh, until the other teams can do that, especially the Jets, you mentioned the Dolphins. You know, a lot of a lot of people have a lot of hope in the Dolphins. Um, until they can go out there and beat beat Buffalo at home twice and take it from them, I don't see it happening just yet. Very, very interesting. So, real quickly, give the people a recap of your AFC East and the least. Yeah, so AFC East, starting from the bottom, working my way up. We're going New England Patriots, finishing at four and t- thirteen. Sorry, I mistyped that in the bottom line. The Dolphins, 10 and 7 in third place. The Jets are 12 and 5 in second place. And the Buffalo Bills, nobody rounds them quite just, just like the, the Buffalo Bills. 
Uh, 12 and five at the top of the division. Um, that's my AFC East for you. Very, very interesting. So I'm going to go ahead and just start mine off and we're going to go automatically completely different from that as well. We're going to start at the bottom, work our way up to, and we're going to start at the bottom of the country, geographically speaking of these teams. And we're going to put the Miami dolphins at the bottom of the division sitting at six and 11. I'm worried about the Jalen Ramsey injury. I'm also worried about the health of that team in general. I'm worried about Tua's health. I'm worried about that offensive line as well. Toronto Armstead's really nice. As a whole, they can't, they have been leaky at times. I am kind of worried about how I want to, we saw them last year when they played certain teams like the Chargers and other teams, that fun dynamic offense they had just randomly went stale. So I'm going to have them at six and 11. The health concerns me. They are loaded up and very top heavy. So I'm, I'm kind they feel like the kind of team that everyone gets high on and then disappoints a little bit. Like they feel like they're loaded. They're an incredible Madden team. If you play them in Madden, they, everybody has 95 speed. It feels like I'm curious to see how it's going to translate into, into real. They could very easily be 12 and five, but they could very easily be six and 11. I think in the division with their schedule, six and 11, it feels like it might be a little bit of a step back year for the Dolphins before they can move forward. So Dolphins bringing up the rear in the AFC East. I gotta say, I'm surprised. I thought you had a little more faith in Mike McDaniels than that. That's um, yeah, kind of kind of a surprise for me to see see you so low on the Dolphins right now. It's not. I, mean, I do like Mike McDaniel. I think he's a good coach, but at the same time, it's not all roses right out of the gate, too. He had a very good first season. Skylar Thompson in a playoff game. They did have a few. They were a little rocky here and there. And where they got better is already injured or kind of stagnant. If Tua plays all seventeen games, it probably will add a little bit. But I can't bet on that right now. That's not something I could. I can't comfortably say you never really when you predict you don't predict injuries. In this case, though, it's almost impossible not to predict something having a miss a game or so. So I got them going six and eleven. It's a tough division. Like you said, everybody got a little bit better. The AFC is oh my god loaded. It's like it's the AFC and then about there's like three teams in the NFC by comparison. So Dolphins unfortunately are catching the the back end of that this year. And we see it every year. One playoff team takes a bit of a step back that kind of surprises people. It's like, oh, there'll be a shoe in next year. And then they ran like, then you're scratch your head like, what? And I think this year for the AFC, the Dolphins could be that team where it's like, oh, that's a little disappointing, especially two contract year. We'll see how that kind of plays out as well. So Dolphins bringing up the bottom. Third in the division, I got the Patriots at a weirdly respectable, still disappointing nine and eight. They're going to miss the playoffs because the AFC is loaded. I think Mac Jones will be able to manage the game very well now that he has an offensive coordinator or an offensive coach as an offensive coordinator as opposed to whatever it was Bill Belichick just hated him for last year, making him have to deal with that mess. You do got Zeke's all right, and Ramondre Stevenson, I like them as a duo. They're going to run the heck out of the ball. They're going to play like it's the 2000s. Their defense last year was already one of the better scoring defenses in the league, even with a mediocre offense. I like Mike Kosicki and Hunter Henry as a tight end duo, even a little more than Jonu Smith. I think they could both play that inline tight end and both split out a little bit better if Hunter Henry can stay fully healthy. Receivers still aren't great. This is why they're only going to go nine and eight. They're going to do everything well except be explosive, which is kind of what you need in today's game. But they're going to be, they're going to hang around in some of these games. They're going to frustrate a team like the Dolphins, not letting them get deep, and then they're going to wind down the clock and win late, like seventeen to fourteen or twenty-one seventeen. They'll catch the Bills in a bad weather game, be able to control the clock. I think Mac Jones is going to bounce back a good amount. He's not going to look like Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or his other draft classmates in that regard, but he's going to look like a solid game manager, like a. Andy Dalton with the Bengals, if you were will, where when he's rolling, they looks pretty good. You you can win games. Andy Dalton did lead the league in touchdown passes once, but you're not caught. You're not calling him in that in that same category. Some of those other guys. So we go with the Patriots nine and eight, a really good defense, a respectable offense, but just not quite enough. Not quite enough stank in the AFC to get past some of these juggernauts. Fair enough. All right, so I have two questions to come off of this one for you. Uh, no, number Bailey's one. Not playing. Oh, okay, well, there goes number one question: Is will, will there be Bailey Zappy season? Bailey Zappy. Okay, all right. Uh, number two, that question is: Will we see another game where Mac Jones only throws three passes? Not three, but you might see one where he throws less than ten. If it's a bad weather game and Zeke and Ramondre Stevenson are both just cooking at like four and a half, five yards of carry, which is for this stage of Zeke probably unlikely, but let's hypothetically say he's cooking and the offensive line is rolling which is a very good offensive line, too, by the way, when they're healthy. There might be a game where you throw, like what the 49ers did to the Packers in that NFC Championship game in 2019, where they could have thrown the ball, but why have Jimmy throw when Raheem Mostert looks like the best running back of all time? So I think they might have a game where the offensive line's cooking, maybe the weather's bad, and they just 
not that they try to keep it out of his hands. It's just working. They're, Bill O'Brien's not going to go like, let's throw a play action shot play when you're getting five yards of carry. So maybe less than maybe a game of less than 10. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. Don't watch the New England Patriot game this season. You never know when they're going to throw for less than 10 yards. Uh, less than oh, 10 yeah. throws because at this okay, point, there, time, there we go. I was like, hold yeah. on, Nick. They might throw a screen that goes for 11. It's, so ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be in the 1950s era of NFL football all over again. Wing tees and wishbones galore is what I'm hearing, which is why you'll see Malik Cunningham on the field a few times for some for some real goofy stuff. But next, that's going to yeah. take me to number two in the division. We're on the same page, page here. I got the New York Football Jets. I have them going 11 and six. It's going to be a rough start to the season. Whoever did the scheduling for them absolutely was brutal to them to start. Having them deal with basically six, five of their first six games are playoff caliber teams. I like I let Aaron Rodgers fits in there. It's obviously Aaron Rodgers. They needed a quarterback, worst quarterback play in the league last year as a team. He's already banged up. He's already grabbing his calf multiple times. The offensive line needs to get healthy. When it's healthy, it's a good unit. The problem is it's made it's a glass cannon, basically. Minus Elijah Vera Tucker, everybody seems to get in and out of the injury lineup. Garrett Wilson's awesome. He's only getting better. Alan Lazard, meh. Michael Hardman, cool. Corey Davis, I like, but he's never on the field. He hasn't really done much since he signed that cut deal. Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook in the backfield is just stupidly ridiculous. I mean, unless they're going to run two running backs, one of them's going to split out and catch the ball at times. That's cool, too. Defense, really, really good. That front line's ridiculous. Quentin Williams is going to be awesome. Sauce, DJ Reed. They are really good defensively. They're going to frustrate teams. Offensively, they're going to be good. I don't think they're going to be the world beaters, especially out of the gate that people are talking about. They feel like they're going to be the team that's an annoying matchup for the good teams. That makes sense. When they play those good teams, they're going to annoy the heck out of them just the way they match up and their personnel. And if Aaron Rodgers is on his best game, but they're going to weirdly lose to some teams where it's like, really? Like what? They're going to, they're going to, it's, there's, they're going to have a really weird season, I believe, but it's going to culminate in 11 and six and putting them in that playoff hunt. I won't spoil it if they make it or not yet. Cause we still have a few more divisions and a playoff episode to go. But I do like the Jets at 11 and 6, having a good season after a slow start. All right, fair enough. I respect that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I, you know, there's nothing really to hate on that. It's, you have them one, one win less than me. So at least you're fair to them in division, I would say. I'm, I'm a little less fair for them in division. I mean, to be fair, in division, I didn't exactly have them lighting it up. I had them going 3 and 3. So that, that, at the same time, though, in that division, I weirdly enough had the Dolphins going four and two. So the Dolphins, most of their wins are coming in division. They're just struggling with the teams they don't see all the time. So it, so it, sometimes it's goofy how that plays out. But Fair enough. All right. So so that means you got the Buffalo Bills. So how 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 bad do you have the Buffalo Bills walking away with this one? So weirdly enough, I have them going three and three in division as well. I'm going to start with that. But I have them going 13 and four. So I think they're going to be really, really good still. They did lose those key defensive pieces. I think that is going to hurt, which means I think they're going to find themselves in some weird amount of shootouts this year. Let, like we don't, they don't have the same. They don't have Tremaine Edmonds, obviously. They don't have quite that same defensive firepower. But offensively, I think this team is going to be a load. I think I love Dalton Kincaid in this offense as their quote unquote Travis Kelsey type guy. Your tight end who can also kind of split out a little bit. You can use you can come out in twelve personnel, then suddenly line up in a two by one receiver set. You can use he can run routes with the best of them. He can cook. Dawson Knox can fly too. I do think Josh Allen's going to run the ball a little bit less outside the twenties. I think once they're inside the twenties, you can't stop that man. He's still going to bulldoze or do his thing. But I think in in those open field areas, we won't see him. They won't see quarterback power nearly as often. I think the offensive line has improved a little bit, not enough, but I think a little bit. I like another year in the system outside of Brian Dabble too. I think that losing him was a big drop-off, and we saw it a lot last year, plus the Josh Allen injury, plus the Tamar Hamlin situation, plus the shooting in Buffalo before the season. Buffalo was a mess last year. Like, my goodness, did they have a whole lot to deal with and still pull off 13 games. And I think this year, even with the defensive holes, they're going to pull off 13 games because they're going to be so offensively potent. I really think I think they're going to be absolutely explosive. Maybe not the number one offense, but they're going to be right up there, even more so than usual. I, I think Don Kincaid's going to bring a whole new element to him. He might even be in the contention for rookie of the year, even if his stats don't show it, just his impact on the field. And I think the turnovers from Josh Allen, that's going to be the big thing is we're not going to see him lead the league in turnovers again. I think having two safety blankets like Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid, the various personnel they can run with that. James Cook, another year in the NFL, I think see him integrate more and be kind to of that running back for him, give him a force back there. So it's not Josh Allen, bulldozer every play. So, I think they're going to cut so much back on the turnovers, which can lead to more points. 
which is going to help the defense, which is going to force teams to throw to Tredavious White and have to run away from Von Miller, who's coming back too. So you lose Tremaine Edmonds, you get back Von Miller. I still like the Bills at 13 wins, and I think offensively they're going to be a juggernaut. No, that's fair. I, I, I agree. I you know, obviously agree. Um, now, I do have to ask, if Naeem Hines was healthy, you know, if he didn't have that horrific accident before the season, does that impact their, their win-loss total, do you think? I still think I'm sticking at 13. I think maybe maybe a game they lose they would win, but that I it's tough because I don't Naeem Hines is a really good dynamic player, but it's not like he's a huge focal point of the offense or like he has, he's a good he's a good gadget piece that can make some plays, but it's not like it's not like adding a Gabe losing a Gabe Davis, like you mentioned, or a Stephon Diggs or something like that. He wasn't a main cog in their offense. He's a fun rotation guy, like what Isaiah McKenzie was last year, sort of that thing. Okay. No, I just have to ask because you never know. Um, you know, Naeem, Naeem Hines knowing his abilities what he can oh, do, how he can play in that offense. It's, it is worth asking the question, but it sounds like you, just like most of us are, are on board with uh, James Cook. It seems like leading, I being the bell cow for this one. A lot, but I think James Cook will be the guy that they're still going to do a lot of committee running, but I think he'll be the guy where it's like, all right, that's the starting back. That's the one who, if they're going to run the heck out of the ball, he's going to get a lot of the carries. He's going to get more carries than Josh Allen. Basically that's going to be the breakdown because Josh Allen will still be RB two, but I think James Cook will technically be RB one. They'll be, the, they'll let him take some of the hits this year. Yeah, I I can see that for sure. All right, DJ, give him a real quick recap of your the or sorry AFC East. All right, taking a look at the AFC East, top the bottom to top. At the bottom, we got the Dolphins finishing at six and eleven, the Patriots at a respectable nine and eight, the Jets at an eleven and six, and we got the Bills at the top of the division with a thirteen and four record, continuing their reign at the top of the AFC East. And as we started doing this year as well, too. If you don't want to just hear picks from us. We also have instituted a fan vote this year. We're going to break out the AFC East fan vote. And now looking at the fan vote for the AFC East, we got the Dolphins also at 6 and 11, the Patriots at 8 and 9, the Jets at 12 and 5, and the Bills at 14 and 3. So a weird combination of both of them. Both of ours looking at same order as mine, but a few more of the records similar to yours as well. Looks like we're all kind of in a similar idea though. It's all Bills all the way with the Jets at the top with the Jets following behind. Yeah, I mean, hey, fan vote seems to I have nothing against the fan vote. I I get it. Six and eleven as the Dolphins. I get that idea. I I don't agree with it, but I get why people are are concerned about the Dolphins. I mean, obviously, you don't just go out and get Jalen Ramsey and then watch him get injured and not be a little concerned. I just think they were a good enough team last year to make the playoffs, right? With Tua's injuries in and out of the season, I think if Tua can stay healthy, the net losses they had in the offseason are outweighed by Tua being completely healthy all season. And if Tua can give you what he was giving you last season, which don't get me wrong, I think, I don't know if he can play that same level, but at least close. And you can get an actual run game from your running back crew down, down there. I mean, there's literally five of them back there. So at least one of them should be able to do something. And their defense is not like it's gotten worse. And I mean, yes, they got net positive from Jalen Ramsey, but then it's not like they got worse after he got injured. They just got rid of some older pieces in the off season. So it's not really a net negative situation there i think they can continue to run their same cover too they're going to continue running and continue to let Xavier howard do what he does on the other side on, on one side i think I, I do think the dolphins can be better than 611 but i totally do get the under the desire to put them at 611 just for all the concerns with Jalen ramsey i also want to know what they're gonna do with tight end too because mike Kosicki did make a lot of plays last year as well and they i don't they don't they didn't really replace that at all so they're Dolphins could very a lot of people say the Dolphins are a Super Bowl team, which they have the talent to be, but that makes me feel like they're gonna be the one that's gonna be the letdown this year. But they'll be in one that we are definitely keeping an eye on. That's not stopping me from taking Tyreek Hill in a fantasy league if he's the best player available. So it's not taking stopping me from taking Jalen Waddle if he's there. It's still gonna lean towards him. But the AFC East is definitely going to be a fun division to watch out for. But now we've got to go to Kelsey's favorite division every single year. The NFC East used to be the NFC least, but now you can make a case it's the NFC beast because they had three playoff teams last year, and there's a lot of consensus they're going to have at least two or not or more this upcoming year. So, Kelsey, lead the way with the NFC East for us. Oh, man, I'm glad I did not put the Cowboys hat on for this one. I already got called out for my bias in recent, one of our recent videos, so I'm glad I'm not putting it on for this one, needless well, to say. Continue. If anyone has any questions about Kelsey's Cowboys bias, check out our fan bases tier Tuesday as well, too. You don't have to look very far into that. Just watch the first three minutes. You'll get all the answers you need on that. Honestly, tell me you've never watched one of our shows without telling mm-hmm. me you've never watched one of our shows before. That was my thought to it. Um, but no, I, I, love, I, love, I love that somebody had something to say about it because – it makes it reinforces everything I've always talked about with being a Cowboys fan. It sucks. 
and it doesn't get better, and everybody hates you, and you hate you. It just doesn't get any better. No, no way around it. Like the only person that loves you is your mom, and that's because she has to. And some days I question whether she really does. Some days, I'm just kidding, mom. And, you know, we won't get too far into that. We're going we're gonna to check out, check out a therapy session because it sounds like you're about to put the Cowboys at the bottom of the division. No, I did not go that far. Uh, starting out number four, I did, however, put the New York football Giants at number four here. At six and 11, everybody loves Daniel Jones, right? No, I don't. I don't like Daniel Jones at all. Uh, I think he's far, highly overpaid. That's not the man you needed to pay in that offense. I will stand by that. And I'm going to confirm that with my pick. I, I just don't – I do not think the New York Giants are going to be a good team this year. I think last year was a fluke for Daniel Jones. Don't get me wrong. He's had progressively better seasons every year and turned the ball over less and less while scoring more touchdowns. I get that. He went reverse Eli Manning on us. But you don't just get rid of pick uh, interception problems. Those don't just go away. They do re- come back out, out in resurgence every single time. It never fails. Uh, maybe a three-season situation where you don't get it. Maybe a two-season situation. I'm personally banking on the two-season situation here, and we're about to get a whole lot of picks from Daniel Jones this, this year. And also, let's not forget, his wide receiver core still isn't great by any means. I mean, there's a lot of holes that could still be fixed there. Um, you, you know, tight end, yes, you got a lot better at tight end. You got Darren Waller. That's fantastic. Tell me the last time you actually really used your tight end in this offense. Because you traded away a tight end last year, a really good tight end who went down to Jacksonville, had a great season. And now you have Darren Waller, who is an all-world tight end. Can you actually use him in your offense? Is he? It, can Brian Dabble take advantage of him and use him in this offense? I think he can. But can the, can Daniel Jones actually hit him? That's There's a lot of questions there. Uh, not always Daniel Jones' best suit of playing to his tight end. He does actually like his outside receivers a lot more with the way he throws. And then also Saquon. How much does Saquon's not getting paid impact his season? And I do mean paid. I don't mean this one-year joke conversation thing. I mean actually paid. How much does this impact him? Can he stay healthy? For that matter, can the receiving core that's out there stay healthy? What about this offensive line? This offensive line, can they stay healthy? We're talking about a rotational offensive line for the last three seasons that has just continuously played a different position. I mean, I think it was last season they had seven different starting rotations for their offensive line, that's not conducive for success. Now, on the flip side of things, defense line is still really good in all things considered, but that's where it stops. Your secondary is there's a lot of questions. You have questions in the, in the linebacking core as well. What do you do against some of these teams that have gadget running backs? Uh, I don't I, We'll have to wait and see. So for me, the Giants, I have a lot more questions than I have answers right now. So that is why I'm going with 6-11. and 11. Interesting. All right. I will say I like I like a lot of things about the Giants, including that offensive line, because that is a very good group of bookend tackles who anyone who doesn't know Andrew Thomas, he deserved that money he got paid. If anyone who anyone who knows, he deserves that money. But I will go and let you continue because I'll be talking to Giants here shortly. Yeah. Andrew, before we go, Andrew Thomas, the only player on that last year's offensive line that actually stayed in his single position. He is the only one that stayed. And he'll stay to his right tackle spot, too. Like they're tackled. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. Yeah, they, they shifted the interior. interior. Shifted the interior every game, or for it was stupid. Anyways, yeah, Giants tackles fantastic. I'm not going to disagree with that. Um, but in interior offensive line, there's questions. Uh, maybe not as many as as I'm imagining, but maybe it's. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, my question uh, is who's number three? Yeah, so going to number three here, we're moving our way uh, down the eastern seaboard. I guess you could say. We're going to head to Washington. We're going with the Washington football commanders, team, things, hogs. I don't even know what they want to be called anymore. Um, Currently trending because they might get a name change sooner rather than later. I don't even know anymore. So Washington commanders is, is, is coming in number three in my NFC East. And the record here, let me pull my note back out, seven and ten. Three and three in the division. Uh, That's... Big reason why they finished seven and ten. I do think there's some weapons here. I just don't trust in Sam Howell as much as everybody else. Um, I, you know, I'm sorry, I'm biased. Uh, I do. I, I I like Brian Robinson inside the inside the red zone. I don't like Brian Robinson inside the twenties. Uh, that does have a lot of concern for me as well. Um, and then look, love Terry Terry McCorn. I don't think anybody's questioning the skill set of Terry McCorn. 
I think everybody's questioning whether Terry McLaurin can constantly get passes thrown his way successfully uh, time and time again. So for a lot of reasons, and I can continue to go into reasons for the commanders. I really could. I could probably go on for another 10 minutes about why the commanders are going to go seven and 10, but I'm not going to. Now I've got the commanders number three, seven and 10 in the division. I just don't know what to do with them, man. You know what's funny is everyone thought the commander stunk last year because they're at the bottom of the division. They still won seven games last year, too. Like they were not a great team, but they were the bad team in the division and still won seven games. We're still picking in the teens. That's just how good the NFC East really was last year. So having the commander did it without Chase Young. Exactly. Who's finally coming back this year in theory. Yeah, in theory. And that's the problem is, is we don't know how healthy he fully is right now. That's one of the big questions you have with commanders is how healthy is he really? Um, because without him, I mean, let's be fair. They have a great defensive line without him. With him, that defensive line is scary good, and you actually have to game plan against it. Without him, you can game plan to detour that. And I think that's a big difference there. Is you can you can avoid a lot of the things that they do defensively without Chase Young, but with Chase Young, I don't want to try to deal with that off or that defensive line. So that's the big difference for the Commanders. How healthy is he really? If he's healthy. I'm wrong. I will go ahead and say it now. If Chase Young is fully healthy, I'll be wrong on this prediction. I, I, I believe that. Very interesting. So the commander's another one to keep an eye on. But now number two, I, do I – is this a, is this an Eagles or a Cowboys? Two of our – who we voted as some of the more volatile fan bases. Well, you're about to add a little bit of spice to that fire. Uh, I am going to add a whole lot of spice with my next two picks here. Um, and, no, I did not go Dallas Cowboys at number one. I went Dallas Cowboys right here at – Number two, and not that great of a season, realistically, when you consider what I was just talking about with the AFC side of things. Uh, on the NFC side of things, it's just a little tougher sledding. So Dallas Cowboys here coming into number two, they are going to be 10-7 and seven on the season. Uh, not, again, like I said, not the greatest record in comparison to a lot of teams, but serviceable. Uh, tough a- a- NFC East, they fight their way through it. Tough schedule in the NFC. They've managed to fight their way through it. They lose some games they really should win. That's the stereotypical Cowboys. I will be yelling and throwing stuff through a TV at one point in time in the season or probably three or four points in time in the season just because it is what it is. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Cowboys, they're going to look good. They should look good. They should play well. All these things on paper look fantastic. Uh, problem is the game's never played on paper. And a lot of the things that I are still question marks for me, like how healthy is Dak Prescott really? How much will Mike McCarthy's offense actually work? How much will the op, the new offensive coordinator position slash it's really Mike McCarthy again, really impact Dak Prescott? What about not having Zeke in the offense? How much will that impact him and Tony Pollard? Is Tony Pollard the real deal? Is Zach Martin facing any holdups over his contract? So there's a lot of questions, obviously, but the skill and the talent is there for the Cowboys. They should finish 10 and seven on paper. It looks like they should barring major injuries. There should be no reason that changes, but again, it's the Cowboys. You never know. They could go three and 10 or three and 14 for all we know. That's just how volatile that team can be. Nope. You pretty much covered on that one. I don't have too much to contribute here to the last sentence pretty much summarizes. So I'll let you go and go right on to where, Excuse me, sorry, I'm allergic to the Cowboys talk there, but oh, I'll let you go ahead and finish off with, with the Eagles, I presume, is the team that's left here at number one. Yeah, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be my number one team in the division here. Coming in, I believe, at 13-4 and four is where I have them. Interesting enough, though, 6-0, and oh, a perfect 6-0 and oh in the division. They will not lose a game in the NFC East. Um, so it's going to be – on the 13 wins. Oh, sorry, 12 and 5. My apologies. 12 and 5 is where I have them. Yeah, 12 and 5 is where I have the uh, reigning Super Bowl losers, um, the Philadelphia Eagles, finishing here this season in the NFC East. So, still take the NFC East comfortably. Jalen Hurts is still that dude. He continues to prove it. A.J. Brown is a completely deadly weapon, but Devontae Smith is an actual bona fide number one playing as a number two in this year, and we will see that. And, again, I talked about it last year. Dallas Goddard, I did not trust him going into last season. He proved me wrong. The man can be trusted. I think he takes that next step and is going to approach that Mark Andrews category of tight ends where you're just like, hmm, man, there's not very many better than him, and you're counting on two fingers better than him. Uh, and that would be, obviously, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey. Then you have Mark Andrews. And I think Dallas Goddard could work him way, his way right next to, to Mark Andrews in that situation this season. 
And let's not forget they did get some uh, running backs into Philadelphia. I don't love DeAndre Swift by any means, but I don't have to worry about DeAndre Swift being a feature back. He is going to be a group back there with everybody else in that team, including Kenneth Gainwell, who might surprise some people and have a fantastic season yet again. Uh, DeAndre Swift, look, he's a great back when he has somebody to work with, and right now he has one of the best quarterbacks to work with who knows how to use his feet in Jalen Hurts. I don't think there's a whole lot out, out, else out there to say that. Say, but DeAndre Swift found himself in the perfect position. The Eagles found the perfect running mate next to Jalen Hurts. I feel like, and let's not forget these receivers are just going to be fantastic. And the defense, I mean, they just added more Georgia players. So I, you you win a national title, you go to a team that was in the Super Bowl, and now you're going to be probably competing for a Super Bowl uh, within the next five years. So. Um, Eagles, man, tough team, tough team for me to admit is going to be finishing in number one in the NFC East, but not an easy team to try to beat. I'll just have one quick question for you. They lost both coordinators in the offseason, both the offensive and the defense coordinator. Do you think that's going to affect them at any point in the season? I feel like Shane Steichen might be one that, that they miss. Um, just because I think he evened out a lot of that offensive play calling. I think he, he kept it a lot more balanced. Oh, guys, I don't think he misses Jonathan Gandalf at all. <laughs> or, yeah, I think he was more than happy to leave him on the tarmac in Arizona and be like, yeah, see you. We'll see you. We'll see you when we see you. Um, I don't I don't think anybody misses him. Um, I think the Cardinals are already re- regretting hiring him, um, although he probably is just going to be a holdover until next year, uh, kind of like they did in the past. Uh, but, yeah, I think I think – the Eagles, I think, I think obviously the offensive coordinator side of things that will impact them a little bit, but I don't think it impacts them as much. Jalen Hurts went through four offensive coordinators in his college career, had success every single step along that way. Uh, so yeah, as I, I don't think it's it's that concerning um, for the offense. I, th- I mean, the defense. I think they're they're actually super happy that Gandalf is gone or Gannon is gone. I'm gonna keep calling him Gandalf. I don't know why. I just for some reason always want to call him Gandalf. To him, so it sounds like you like him. You can call him Gandalf now, but. Well, I, I, just think, I think of Gandalf falling off the mountain before he became the Gandalf the Grey, technically. He was always Gandalf the Grey, but, you know, technically became that after that moment. Not the mountain, but the uh, the walkway. So Run, you fools. But anyway, yes. so going into a quick recap now of your NFC East predictions. Yeah, so NFC East is going to finish like this for me this season. The New York Giants coming in at number four at six and 11. Number three, the Washington football commanders, hogs, whatever they want to call themselves again. Seven and ten is going to be where they finish. Number two, those boys down in Texas, Dallas Cowboys, finished in second in the division at ten and seven. And number one is the darn Eagles. Philadelphia finishes first in the NFC East at twelve and five, and a pretty good season for the Eagles overall. Absolutely, very interesting as well too. What I like about this one, I'm kind of glad that we got to do the East this week. Is we have some different picks this year. Sometimes we worry because we think very similarly. We're going to have a lot of same picks. It's not going to be as much fun. But have no fear. This is where things get a little bit goofy. So I'm going to go ahead and start right off the bottom here. And they talk about the Cowboys hat showing bias. Well, my lack of a Cowboys hat is going to show bias here. I have the Cowboys bringing up the seller of the NFC East with a 9-8 and eight record, though. I do think this entire <laughs> division is going to be plus 500. I think this is the best division in football. I think it was last year. And I think every single team got better in this division. I think the Cowboys got the least better, unfortunately, and we kind of talked about that post-draft. Their draft was okay. The problem is when you look at those other teams, their drafts and free agency were like, oh, okay. Like We talked about the Eagles. Like, how did you get these players? I, I like what the Giants did in the offseason. I like what the Commanders did. Cowboys, it was pretty good. If Stephon Gilmore can replicate what he did the first half of last year, they got a really good corner duo. Micah Parsons is probably the defensive best, one of the top five defensive players in football. My defense, BB Defensive Player of the Year. I'm worried about the offense, though. I really am. The turnover issue for Dak for that Dak had last year. I'm worried that's going to carry over, especially with a change in offense. And I don't think it's a change for the better. I know Mike McCarthy's a good offensive coach, but I, there was talk, Aaron Rodgers kind of wanted him out of town for a reason. It was a. It's almost like he hasn't quite moved with times, if that makes sense. Like his ways is almost stuck in the ways a little bit. We'll see. I could be wrong. The running game. You mentioned it. No more Zeke. Tony Pollard, how is he as the feature back, quote-unquote, and potentially frustrated with the franchise tag? I look, like Deuce Vaughn. I think he's going to be fun, but you're not giving him 25 carries between, between the tackles. You're not going to do that. You might, actually, but you probably shouldn't. CeeDee Lamb's awesome. No, nope, nothing to say about CeeDee Lamb. Nothing negative. He's awesome. 
Michael Gallup, we'll see. Brandon Cooks, so explosive, but for some reason he gets traded every other year. I don't get it. Like He's a really good player, but ends up moving all the time, but doesn't make a huge impact, it feels like. I think the loss of Dalton, Dalton Schultz will show too. So I think the Cowboys are going to be really good. That defense is going to be dangerous. I think the offense is going to let them down in a few games. And they're in the toughest division in football. So I'm going to give them nine and eight. So they're still, they're pretty much a playoff team. Even at the bottom of the division, they just missed out on four, six. They have to play the other three teams twice. I have them going two and four in the division. Hey, I said it earlier. I mean, they could go seven and or 10 and seven. Like I have them or they can go three and 14 in a heartbeat. It, I agree wholeheartedly with your assessment. I mean, we don't know what Stephon Gilmore is going to do. He is an older guy. But really, I mean, the offense is just so questionable. Why does Brandon Cooks always get traded? This is going to be his prove-it year. There's no doubt. I mean, no, 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 wrong. He's literally had like seven prove-it years, it feels like. But this will be number eight. Like, you only get eight, I guess, is, is, the, is the answer. Um, Dak Prescott's turnover problem. I mean, it is actually a problem. And I'm so glad you said what you said about McCarthy. I've been banging that drum since he was hired as a head coach. Because as you, I knew immediately he's going to be involved in the offense. And whether Kellen Moore actually got a real shake at it or not, we don't know. But we'll find out this season, not just from the Cowboys' standpoint, but for the Chargers as well. And we talked about that last week in the AFC West conversation, how impactful he could be. So, I mean, there's a lot of question marks for the Cowboys, and I think you're exactly right. I don't blame you for putting them at 9 and 8. Uh, I'm surprised that they got that high, though, as a fourth-place finisher. So I'm actually kind of scared of where how high your uh, next three picks are going to go. How funny is that? There's a one-game difference between what we both had then, where you had them as a playoff team second in the division. I had them as the cellar dweller, and it's a literal game difference. But I truly think the NFC East is that good, and I think they're going to they're gonna hurt each other in division, but I think they're going to cause some havoc for everybody else. But it's going to take me now to the third team in there. I got the New York Football Giants third. At a ten and seven record, so we're not a whole lot, but not a whole lot different here. It's literally one game. They're going to go three and three in the division. We talked about it. I think Daniel Jones is going to take a next step this year. It usually you take that step, then you get paid. I think he's going to get paid and then take the step weirdly. And it's not like it's a huge step. I just I'm just saying he's going to throw more than twenty passing touchdowns in a season for the first time. I think he's still going to get you the rushing beneficiary. I think year two with Brian Dabble is why I'm feeling that way too. We saw what Brian Dabble did with Josh Allen over the years too. And we saw the turnovers of Josh Allen kind of revert back right when he left. And I think that's going to balance out there. But I think we're going to see DJ in New York kind of take that next little step and maybe give you 22 passing touchdowns, still the low picks, primarily the low fumbles. That's been his big Achilles heel. While still giving you the weird Frosty Fields vanilla Vic threat from the outside. We talked about those bookend tackles, one of the best tackle duos in the game, definitely top three, I'd say. I love the Darren Waller edition. If he plays, if he gives you 14 games of health, that's going to give a lot of those touchdowns, especially in the red zone. Saquon is still Saquon. I'd still, if he stays healthy, we saw what he can do. I like Paris Campbell in this offense. Last year, we actually saw him stay healthy for most of the season and was actually productive in short stints with the second worst quarterback play in the NFL next to the Jets, arguably. I like Jalen Hyatt in this offense, too. I know he didn't exactly have the explosive combine, and I know he has some, he's coming in there. He's mostly just going to be a deep threat, I feel like. He's just going to be a guy that takes the top off. The safeties drop back. Daniel Jones is scooting around the edge for 30, 40 trips. If the safeties come down to stop the run like they usually do, Jalen Hyatt streaking against a slot, a safety rolling down on the slot. Isaiah Hodges, I think, is pretty good. I, obviously, he's not a wall breaker. Their receiver core has some holes, but considering the way Brian Dabble coaches and they play, I think they'll be okay in these weird, the weird ways they like to win. And I think the defense is really good. I like Deontay Banks on there. I like what they have with Leonard Williams in the front seven. Dexter Lawrence, my goodness, the best nose tackle in the game, arguably an absolute. A load is an understatement. That, that's how good he is. They got a pretty good team. I want to give them 10 and 7. I think they're going to, they're the ones that find weird ways to win each and every week. It's like, huh, all right, don't know how they did it, but they did it. They just find weird ways to win. I think that'll carry over as well because their wins weren't quite as fluky one score as the, as the Vikings were last year because they did the same thing week in and week out and they didn't have a giant glaring hole. There's more or less Daniel Jones. Can you just make a play here or there? Which you know, he would. I was say it's funny you talk about that. I was literally just about to ask you, will they be this year's Vikings? By the way, you're describing it because you you seem to always have that one team every year who wins a bunch of games by one score, and then on the flip side of things, you have a team every year that loses by one score who's on the reverse of that. So uh, you saying that they're going to win a bunch close? I I I do I do want to know. You said they're not going to be as close as the Vikings, but do you still see it being similar in that in that aspect? 
I think just all of their games are going to be close. So they're going to win some and lose some. They're not really built to blow people out besides trash teams, just like they did last. Like we saw, they beat the breaks off the Colts because the Colts stink. But everyone, every, every other game, they were close in. They were close with in both of those Vikings wins. The Eagles did kind of smack them around because there's a huge talent deficiency. I think they closed that gap a little bit. They're still The Eagles will still probably smack around in one game and be close in another game. I think they do have the talent to compete with like the Cowboys, the Commanders, and some of the other teams. They're not a world breaker, but I think they're going to – they feel like the team that's not going to lose a game they should they should win, if that makes sense. Like We kind of talked about the Jets earlier, the complete Jekyll and Hyde with these New Jersey teams. They're not going to lose games that they should win. As as When we look back at their schedule afterwards, I feel like everyone's going to make sense. It's not going to be a lot of head scratchers. They're just not quite – they're not going to match up with the elite teams overly well. They might steal one here or there. I just, I just think they're going to be pretty good, which will give them about 10 wins. All right. Now, I got to – this one's a little more speculative. This one you have to kind of look into your crystal ball. Um, I'm sure you don't mind. But Brian Dabble, if Daniel Jones has a successful season, like you said, 20-plus touchdown passing, cuts down on the, the the turnovers, you see a little more rushing productivity out of him potentially. If that happens, does Brian Dabble kind of register himself as that new offensive guru slash quarterback whisperer now? I think if Daniel Jones doesn't implode this year, he's already done that. We saw what he did when he was with Josh Allen, and then now those turnovers came flying out of nowhere as soon as he left. I think even if Josh Allen kind of reverts back to less turnovers, like I predict, what Brian Dabble did with that first year in Daniel Jones, I think he kind of already showed that, especially with, as you mentioned, very, very limited weapons outside of Saquon Barkley. So as long as Daniel Jones doesn't implode this year and look like they just threw $40 million a year down the drain, I think he's already kind of done that. But I do think... He's going to take that next step and be like, by the way, guys, Daniel Jones is our guy, and it's going to look even better, and he's going to he's going to get the absolute most out of him, and he's going to establish himself as a premier offensive mind, even more so than he already has. Uh, that's fair. I, it's always worth the, the question because, you know, all those major talking heads out there, they want to always dub a new quarterback whisperer coach, mm-hmm. and sometimes which they is, just sneak by you. So, Which is weird because I say this, and they're probably going to finish like 15th or 16th in offense. I think they're just going to be pretty middle of the pack but find ways to win. But that's still that's kind of funny how that works out. But that's going to take me to number two. And you know what? Hold on. Let me let me go ahead and get my get my shields up here really quickly because I have the Philadelphia Eagles finishing here at number two cool. in the division at eleven and six. Hear me out on this one before we get too much further going. Jared, get Jared, calm yourself. I can hear I can hear the steam. Do you know when the last time a team won the NFC East in back to back years was? Twenty twelve. Donovan McNabb's Eagles in 2003 and 2004. It has been a rotating carousel every year since then. So just history alone until somebody does it. By the way, some of you might not have even been born at that point when that that happened. (laughs) Until that happens, I'm not going to get somebody to win the division in back-to-back years. I refuse to do it. Those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. So I will not do it. We did this. We have done this every year, it feels like. So I'm not doing it. The Eagles are still going to be very, very good. They're three and three in division. Jalen Hurts is still awesome. Devontae Smith is a number one masquerade. He's number two. A.J. Brown is still awesome. The offensive line's a little bit older, but still really good. The defensive line, I think, is going to be really good, but it is there's a lot of turnover with these young kids coming in, and they're getting a little bit older. Darius Slay is still the godfather of corners, but you can't you can't expect him to be as good as he was last year, this year again. Like that, I've, he's getting older. If he's still locked down like that at 34, that's incredible. But I don't think he's gonna take maybe a baby step back. James Bradbury, we kind of talked about it. Last year, he was second-team All-Pro, but benefited a lot from that pass rush. Hassan Reddick getting 19 and a half sacks again. Are we going to bet on that? And when he had like nine, he didn't have 19 sacks in his career leading into this year. I'm not willing to quite take that bet. Nicobe Dean's awesome, but I want to see him stay healthy and get a, actually see him play. Jalen Carter, we, by all intents and purposes, should be awesome. Not doubting that. Jordan Davis, kind of the same thing. Nolan Smith, I'm a huge fan. I think he's going to be awesome. I just have, I have them 11 and six and that Super Bowl hangover is a little bit of a thing too. Even if it doesn't affect them the whole season, it might affect them a little bit early. I'm a little bit more concerned about losing both coordinators that often doesn't usually losing one of them. You're fine, but losing both of them, it's like, well, okay, there's a lot of shake now too. CJ Gardner Johnson got, was a turnover machine for him last year out of position quite a bit of times, but he was that goon for him. Reed Blankenship's been awesome in his place. They, they have a lot of good players. 11 and 6 is still awesome. It sounds like they're so good. It sounds like I'm insulting them at 11 and 6, and they'll be in the playoff team. That's just how good they are. But I think they'll be little step backs early, and everybody got a little bit better. 
And I think the Philadelphia Bulldogs are still going to be fine. That's just going to put them at 11 and six, which is two less games than they won last year. It's barely a step back if that. Yeah, you know, it's actually funny you mentioned the NFC East thing. I knew it was a thing. I, I said it last year as well. Um, now, on top of that, you add in the Super Bowl loser hangover. Uh, not just Super Bowl hangover, but Super Bowl loser hangover. Only twice in, I believe, the last 30 years has a team who lost the previous Super Bowl returned to it. And I do believe that's the Chiefs and the pa- Patriots, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so. Actually, it was just the Patriots because the Chiefs lost in the AFC Championship game to the Bengals the following year because that was the one with – but yeah, it's kind of flipped recently because the Bengals lose the Super Bowl, get to the AFC Championship, same with the Chiefs. So the Eagles will be in the playoffs, and we'll talk about where they finish later. Because there's going to be a little, I'm just saying, there's going to be a little bit of hangover and turnover early in the season. They, we, now, they finish strong for the Eagles. They win like seven of their last eight games for me. They finish strong. I just think it's a bit of a slow start. Now, do you think Jalen Hurts continues this trend of being a top five quarterback? I do have to ask that. Yeah, I think I don't think a whole lot changes them. Maybe. A little bit less of the a little bit less of the rushing attacks. They did get banged up last year, which I think is something that's getting institute early and is going to be a little bit different. That he had he led the league in design quarterback runs by twenty by twenty last year. I think he had ninety nine. I think Fields was next in the seventies. They're going to step that back. So you don't want to break the guy you just paid. So when you do transition the offense a little bit like that, just a little bit. It's like we're talking very small amounts here. I have them going eleven and six, and they're gonna they're gonna win a playoff game. Spoiler alert. But they're they're still fantastic. It's just the fact of who I'm about to put at number one and the fact that they're so highly touted is why everyone's looking at me like I'm blasphemous right now. I mean, you started it, so go ahead and finish your sentiment. How do you have this number one coming to be? From worst to first. It happens every year, and it's going to happen again. We're going to have the Washington Commanders finishing at 11-6. and six. They get the tiebreaker because of in-division. I think they're going to be the team in-division that wins those division games. Eagles at three and three in division. Commanders at four and two. It's it's just going to come down to basically one of their head to head matchups. So it's not like a, this is absolute ridiculousness, but depending on if you're a Commanders fan or an Eagles fan, but we'll run through this quickly because I don't want to take too much time. the The Commanders receivers we can agree are awesome. Terry McLaurin is awesome. He's DeAndre Hopkins, the new age DeAndre Hopkins, who's awesome with no quarterback. Yeah. Curtis Samuel is really really good. He's a former running back. Get the ball in his hands, watch him dance. Jahan Dotson had seven touchdowns in 12 games last year. We loved him coming out, me more so than most people. Most people hate him because he's tiny, but he's fantastic. When he was healthy, he was dynamic. And De'Ami Brown is still on the roster. When he gets a chance to burn, he cooks. Their offensive line is still pretty good. Not elite, but pretty good. It's not the Giants' tackles, but it's, it's a good offensive line. I like Brian Robinson a little bit more than you do, just a little bit. And I think him getting a chance to start a season without getting shot so far, knock on wood, I think that they that's very very good. I, it's nice when you can start a season without having a without having a bullet in your leg. I think Antonio Gibson is that dynamic receiving running back is going to find a little more of a niche. I think Eric Bieniemy is going to make a bit of a statement as the offensive coordinator this year. I do think it's almost going to be to the point where they ponder at the end of the season: should he just get the head coaching job and us get rid of Ron Rivera? I think he's going to come out. He's going to have a he's going to show a lot with this one. Sam Howell. I like him, but I don't love him. I'm kind of, I think there's a lot to work with there. I don't think he should drop to the fourth round, but at the same time, he's not like a first round pick guy. But he looked good in that one start last year. Eric Bannon is coming with a young quarterback who can move, good release, good, good arm, the ability to throw on the run, good arm strength, a good feel for the game. Kind of sounds familiar. Second year quarterback, one start his rookie year, comes in with a bunch of weapons the next year. Eric Bannon is the offense coordinator. That's not going to happen here. We're not, it's not going to ahead of ourselves. It's not going to be like that. But I, think I was going to question so many things that came out of We're talking like maybe 27 to 30 touchdowns, like a really good season, a couple rushing. But I think he's going to get Terry McLaurin involved. I think he's going to get Terry McLaurin involved a lot. Think about it. That's less than two touchdowns a game if he had 30. So that, that's not too ridiculous. And I think Jahan Dotson stays, stays healthy. They're going to be awesome. Let's not forget defensively, too. I think Chase Young is going to be mostly healthy this year, too. I think you're going to get 12 games out of him barring a new injury. Name a better defensive tackle duo than Jonathan Allen and De'Ron Payne. Also, name a better, more expensive one, too. Montez Sweat is that your fourth option. That's how good that front seven is. I think we get that rebirth of that 2020 pass rush. Jamin Davis, they got a good linebacking core. I'm a big Emmanuel Forbes guy. Not only does he take the ball away, but he scores when he gets the ball in his hands. He's kind of a goon out there at corner. So I think they're going to get some takeaways in the secondary. They're gonna. I have them as the worst two first team this year. They were competitive last year with Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz at quarterback. And they hey won. Hey now, don't hate on Heine- don't hate on Heineke time. 
that man bought Jace for his offensive line after every win. Now, a, that man deserves a, a little respect. But are you going to if he was still starting quarterback in this, would he say he's the best? He's the fourth starting quarterback in this division. I mean, yeah, I by a long third, shot. Like there's third, a gap. third, third best starting quarterback. I mean, that's just your Daniel Jones. still there. Okay, touche. You took a turn with that. I wasn't ready for. But my point is, I think I think Sam Howell is going to be a big step up. And if you know you don't like Sam Howell, let's say for some reason he poops the bed, even though by all intents and purposes he's running away with it. I think you could plug in Jacoby Brissett and they'll win ten games too. I think you could plug him in there and they'll still win 10 games. Maybe it cost them a game or two, so they add drop them a little bit. But I think Sam Howell's going to show a, show a lot. He feels like that quarterback, almost like Dak was coming into the Cowboys, where he gets passed up, he gets overlooked, a good college career. Then comes in when he gets his chances, like, oh, he can play a little. And then he has the arguably, he has one of the best, he has a really good team around him. So I think they're going to be the surprise worst two first team. They're going to win the division. They're not going to. Eagles fans, calm down. The Eagles are winning 11 games. They're still awesome. You, just because you're used to them and anticipating 15-plus wins this year doesn't mean they're not going to be awesome. And they're going to get hot down the stretch, and they're going to be everybody's Super Bowl pick going down the stretch. That's my prediction. But I'm going to say the Commanders find a way to take the division, and they, they find something during the regular season. So give me the Commanders going from worst to first. And my surprise uh, team, if you will. I respect it. Uh, I do want to go back to a player you mentioned, and, and a player that we're both high on, but obviously you've been on – on his on, on board with him, Jahan Dotson. Uh, we talked about Devontae Smith. We both agree Devontae Smith is a number one who is masquerading as a number two right now. Um, Jahan Dotson, do you okay? First of all, remind me of your player comparison. Was it Steve Smith Sr.? I believe it was. Uh, I, th- I don't think it was, I don't think it was Steve Smith Sr., but I did have him kind of in a mold similar to that as well, too. I'd have to go back and look at the exact comparison, but a smaller receiver who just finds a way to make plays just because Steve Smith Sr. has. A little bit more gangster to him, but I think That's they fair, do have fair. a little bit. I know what you're getting at, though. Like a very, very similar type of skill set where you just right. get him the ball and watch him make plays. Exactly. So my question that evolves off of that is, Jahan Dotson, do you see him going in that same light of a number two turning into a number one potentially? I know Terry McLaurin is still there, but there have been rumors, and I don't know how much any of them are to be believed in. There have been rumors of the commanders shopping Terry McLaurin. Do you think that's a possibility that Jahan Dotson on this season makes that step that could mean in the next offseason you see Terry McLaurin potentially on the move? No, I think the Terry McLaurin thing was a little bit more towards them were concerns that they were going to stink. But I think with them being pretty good, I think he's going to stick around. They have paid him. I think Terry McLaurin will be around if they get that quarterback thing figured out and actually win games, kind of like I have them doing here. So I think what's going to happen here is Jahan Dotson. It's going to be very similar. Jahan Dotson, I think, is going to – Show out a little bit more. By the way, it was Antonio Brown pre-drama is who I compared it to. Ah, Steel. So Antonio still Brown. another 5'11". 5'10", 5'9", guy, really small, yeah. But yeah. I do think Terry McLaurin sticks around unless it ends up being like an issue with money. But I think Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dots can make a very formidable duo, at least for a couple more years. Hey, I respect it. All right, DJ, give him a roundup back of your uh, NFC East. Recapping the NFC East predictions for me, I got the Cowboys at nine and eight at the bottom in a very good division. The Giants at ten and seven, finishing at third. The Eagles at eleven and six, second in the division, and the Commanders from worst to first, also with an eleven and six record, taking the division crown via the tiebreaker. So the NFC East with a little bit of surprises here, but we're gonna go ahead and go to the fan vote for this one. And you know, there's a lot less surprises here. And looking at the fan vote, we have the Washington oh, Commanders bringing up the bringing up the rear at four and thirteen. The Cowboys at eight, nine, third in the division. The Giants at ten and seven, making a playoff run, and the Eagles with a sixteen and one record. My goodness, what a run for the Eagles! The fan vote has they have a lot more faith than both of us doing them, and you know we both have pretty good. Where's Jared at? I I just (laughs) feel like Jared did this fan vote. Jared, Jared, get out here. Uh, I'm sorry. No, he was way too nice to the Cowboys. If it was Jared, the Cowboys would be like four and thirteen or something. Let's let's be honest. He also would have picked the Eagles to go seventeen and zero. We're not crazy. That that that's true as well too. He he would not risk giving up, especially a forty the forty when they play the 49ers the Chiefs. He would he would go on and on and on. There'd be an asterisk at the bottom complaining about that Super Bowl. But this this has been a fun one. This is our AFC and NFC East predictions. Let us know in the comments what we got wrong, what I got wrong, and let us know what you think down below as well too. And remember to clip this because if it is right that I then I want you all to remember. And if I am wrong, feel free to roast me about it later because you know what I, it's probably going to happen. But this is what we think is going to happen with the AFC NFC East. We appreciate you all joining us here on this live cast or tuning in where your favorite places to get podcasts are. 
We're going to be back again next week with the AFC and the NFC North, which I think is going to be a very, very fun one as well. Once again, feel free to subscribe to our YouTube channel where we have Tier Tuesdays every Tuesday and Fan to see Fridays on Fridays as well, too. So we got a lot of good content there. And feel free to follow all of our socials as well, too. We appreciate you all for joining us here for this talk about sports and the AFC East and NFC East. We will see you all again next week.